I will say I did watch the NBC sitcom that Josh Gad did after Book of Mormon, sixteen hundred pen. Did you watch that? Where he of course he I plays, did. He Every plays episode the he plays son. the president's yeah. son. Yeah. It's so good. It's it was so, so bad. good. I mean, it's oh, amazing, it. but it's terrible. Yeah. It's like Corey in the house. That's He's what it's like. so good at it. It's like <laughs> Corey in the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never thought about it like that, but it is like that. <laughs> yes, it's the NBC uh, equivalent of Corey and Nass. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, music house, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's limited run production of First Date Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. We, we love a reference that will um, stand the test of time. <laughs> In a month from now, people will listen back to this and be like, ah, oh, remember that? <laughs> uh, in case we you do it guys, for the bit. We do, commit to the bit. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can and you should leave us a star mm-hmm. rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps other listeners find us. That's right. To find out more about this theater nerd cult that we all subscribe to, check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing a Tony's Rewind. All right, Rachel, here we are. Happy Monday. Yes, it is a Monday indeed. It's officially October. I know, it's officially October, which is wild. It's wild. Um, rent is due. Here? It's October second. <laughs> <laughs> How am I gonna pay? Yeah, that's right. That's right. How are we gonna um, pay? <laughs> Not from this honestly. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Soon, uh, as we say every week, we're gonna start a Patreon, and yeah, maybe that's we the running will bit now. The running bit is that one day we will start a Patreon. Um, for listeners tuning in, I've had maybe mm, six hours, five hours of sleep. <laughs> That's what having an infant will do, people, as of recording this. So, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just crazy because it was a full moon. So, <laughs> maybe that's why he didn't sleep. I don't know. I don't really believe in the full moon thing. Do you? Yeah, of course. Half my know. body, if not more than that, is water. <laughs> of course. I just remember working in the school system and everyone being like, it's a full moon and the kids are crazy. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in this. First of all, it's not separate. It's not the same. It's like kids are crazy, comma, and it's a full moon. Right. So then it's like, therefore, they're even more crazy. I think that one stands alone. Mm-hmm. And that could have been enough. The kids are crazy. Yeah. Period. Yeah. 
our next podcast. The kids are crazy. Um, <laughs> and, Not to be confused no, with no. <laughs> the kids aren't all right or honey. I yeah, 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 yeah. Or any of the, the other. The things. kids are crazy, and it's a full moon where we only record the episode when it's a full moon. <laughs> That's amazing. Honestly, yeah. I love that. Okay. Well. Um. Well, we have lots to discuss today. An old Tony Awards. Um, yes. Where we were nothing but uh, a thimble <laughs> of, a, of a of a thought. We weren't. We were not alive. Um, I don't think is you what were I was trying it. to say. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My my parents were like I don't know ten. Um, when this happened, and uh. But before we get to our main course, as I like to say, we got to do our appetizer. What's our appetizer, appetizer this week? You, you, you choose. I chose last week. What do you want? What do we get this week? I'm in the mood for the fall makes me think about fairs, mm. like the state fair. Yeah. And an appetizer at the state fair for sure is funnel cake. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. So, so that's our appetizer. Our... Of course, this is our weekly Broadway theater news segment. What's the buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 We um have a lot. There's so much to discuss. We made literally so much. a chart today. <laughs> Uh, so the first thing we're going to talk about is, of course, the, maybe the most important and the one not the oh, most fascinating, important. most yeah. important. <laughs> not most important. Most important just because I want to hear Rachel's thoughts because she said I have thoughts in our text before we started recording. So um, Ingrid Michaelson released a song this past week from the no- the Notebook musical coming spring 2024 to Broadway. It's called If This Is Love, and We've listened to it. <laughs> I uh, the first thing I want to say is that I guess waitress ro- walked so the show could run uh, a little bit. I don't know. I was thinking about that. So the intro, yeah. if you haven't listened to it, I'm so sorry. We're gonna spoil it. Yeah. And we um, think that and spoil the notebook. Have, yeah, and everyone should have their own thoughts and opinions, and so right. you know, it is early days. But ours are the best. <laughs> um, but we have some at least. Um. <laughs> So as the intro is playing, obviously it is it, it is Ingrid Michaelson singing, right? So it's her singing and, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay, I just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. And there's the piano intro and you're like, that, I had the same thought as Taylor. I was like, oh, look, waitress. We wouldn't have been here without waitress was my right. original thought. Because Sarah Bareilles did the same thing. She released the album before, right? Yes. But then, Okay. But then the song continues, and I think and I think it's supposed to be a power ballad. Oh, you? I'm think? not sure. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a power ballad. So that's also how I, because it, that's what's happening. Um, I think I have these thoughts about it. So it starts mm-hmm. to go, and then obviously there's a background singer who probably won't be in the musical version. I assume mm-hmm. it's just gonna be right. one character. And then it took a turn where I was like, is this a contemporary Christian music song or <laughs> is this like what what's happening here? Right. And I I think that in that moment, I was completely transported to the, all the reasons why I don't like The Greatest Showman. 
And I don't, I I like think I finally connected some of the dots here. Like the dots are starting to form. Uh I just think that this song, the way that it currently is written and then produced, which is, might not be how it's produced on stage. There obviously it's going to be maybe a fuller orchestra. Maybe it really, really will sound like a power ballad. Maybe one or two of the reprises of the last like chorus is going to be cut maybe a different mm-hmm. character sings it or maybe there's a whole scene in between when she sings the last reprise of it and all of those things will help me but i i think listening to waitress the sarah Bareilles version of that mm-hmm. of her release when you think about everything changes or that mm-hmm. song or when you think about the power ballad obviously of the show which is um she used to be mine. She used to be mine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Sarah is singing it, you can visualize it on the stage. While this was happening, I I was really struggling. Like at first, the first verse and the first chorus I did. And then all of a sudden I was literally like, this is a CCM song. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, Christian music. Yeah, sorry. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, first of all, I don't like it. Interesting. I don't think that the lyrics are enough. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. we're getting this without any context of the rest of the right music of the rest of the show. But to me, it needs to be bolder. Like, this show is a big show. Like, the, the storyline mm-hmm. is big. And, of course, it is about love interests. But even songs from Once and If Then and Dogfight and other things that are about, like, you know, have a small cast and are about love are big songs. Mm-hmm. There's at least yeah. one big song. So that's, yeah. I think, my mentality. Um, you were disappointed by the first... This is, like, the first song we're hearing from the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. Also, are you an... Well, first of all, are you an Ingrid Michaelson fan? Like, do you like her? I mean, it's very similar to, like, the type of style she sings. I mean, I would see her sing this at a concert. Yeah. There's a huge yeah. difference between me liking the song. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the song. I just don't think that it is musical mm-hmm. worthy. I yes. do wonder if uh, if Sarah Bareilles had written the notebook, how different it would have been. <laughs> but also, you know, what's interesting is I don't know if Sarah had released any of her waitress songs without the full album. Yeah, but she'd started singing She Used to Be Mine at her concerts and people knew about it and because there were videos online. Yeah. Um, my thoughts, I actually listened to it a couple times and I... It, it grew for me each time that I listened to it, which is the theme of every album that's coming out this year for me, I guess. Um, He's <laughs> but, like, once I'm in it, I guess I I'm in it. Yeah. But I do, I, I couldn't help the first time I listened to it be like, where is this in the show? Like, I'm guessing Allie's singing this. Yeah. And Allie's then also, singing. like, is it when, like, she leaves the the perfectly fine James Marsden for Ryan Gosling? Like, you know, obviously not who's going to be in the Broadway show, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, I was trying to figure out, like, where is it in the show? I was very confused. And then the other thing I thought of, which has nothing to do with this song, is that I wonder if they're going to... You know the sex scene in, in The Notebook in the beginning where they're in the old house and then they take yes. off all their clothes? I'm yeah. like, is that going to be in the show? Because <laughs> I can't... Like, that would be bold and kind of amazing. I just... I just and amazing say. all at once. Yeah. yeah. We we yeah. love nudity on the stage. That's all I'm gonna say. True. Um, 
I don't know. I just think I I don't know. Like I just needed yeah. more. I needed more from yeah. the song if that's what it was supposed to be. Because I think that you're right. The questions of like, when is this? That's why to me, it was like, this is the middle. This is when she's trying to make up her mind about what to do. Right. This is when she's like trying to decide if she's going to feel all these feelings and be hurt. And Mm -hmm. in my mind, that is a position for a power ballad. Right. Right. That's what I was like. Is this the end of act one? Because it's not very. That's right. So that's where I am. That's and it maybe it's not. And if it's not, then maybe this is just a fine song. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. I said, the positioning of how a song is on the stage of like, do we sing all of this at once? Does someone else sing a verse of this? Do we right. reprise the song with Allie? But it's, you know, after a scene has happened, like, are we seeing mm-hmm. montages of like silhouettes of things happening? Like, I don't know. And all of those things will help. Yeah. But yeah, I, w- I wanted more. That was the yeah. end of that take. Well, we'll see if she releases more songs like this. Like how Sarah did, or a whole album. I think, yeah. honestly, that helped Waitress. Oh, absolutely, a lot, which is crazy. Yeah. But I and do you know, think... but not, not all that's all the songs were the same by the time. True, yes, because door number three is not in the show, which is a great song. But um, I do think Sarah, that Sarah Bareilles is a more, which I I always say Sarah Bareilles is so underrated. Like I feel like people, I'm always like I love Sarah Bareilles, and then people are like who, and I'm like love song Brave, and they're like oh yeah she's great. I do feel like aside from that comment is that she's more well known than Ingrid Michaelson is. I think I think people know Sarah Bareilles more than Ingrid Michaelson. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, we've sufficiently talked about one, our first topic, (laughs) (laughs) enough. Um, Next, Andre Bishop steps down as artistic director of Lincoln Center. This coming off of the step down from the last week that we talked about. Yeah, the president and executive uh director of um, the Second Stage Theater. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, things are happening. Interesting. Yeah. Uh I wonder if either they are just like, we're done, or if like they want to get some like fresh young blood in there i don't know diversity I don't yes know. that's true yes hmm. interesting we have pictures of two of the two new sondheim shows which is crazy um the first one here we are at the shed which those pictures were very interesting i've heard i've seen some reviews of the show and i've heard yeah, it's like too. a very daring like a very different show for him which i think is interesting but also um, that's how he works right or yeah how he works. true Yep. Not every and then, show is different from the next, really. Yes, how yes, that's true. I'm just, again, I'm very curious to see if this will transfer to Broadway, especially with this cast. I want this cast to go to Broadway. Um, and then Sondheim's Old Friends, which is playing at the Gilgud Theater in London, I believe, um, which has like Peters and Leia Salonga. Literally and is old, her his old yeah. friends. Yeah, all his old friends, which is basically like side by side by Sondheim. That's what is I was the show. Yeah. 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 This is just the 2023 version. Um, and then Yaya's African hair braiding. We got some pictures of that as well. So great. What do we have next, Rachel? This is a, ah. your, your favorite thing, which we can also talk about the the, the, the other big news with this big this news, which I didn't write in. Okay. In so I'll here, say this but, news and then you say yeah. context mm-hmm. global. Yeah. yeah. So Actors' Equity is going to unionize Broadway production assistants, which is really I think that's great. Yeah, well, and this had been a conversation I know we have had uh, before related to um, 
obviously there are different kinds of standards per the theater, like the actual physical theater that you're Mm -hmm. in related to how many theater staff you're going to have. And those theater staff normally are staffed by the theater and like the Schubert foundation or the organization of the theater, whoever owns the theater. But there have been calls to have that, have there be kind of a standard same with, same with orchestras, honestly, although that less talked about, I think, um, but to have some kind of standard and then union protection around stage managers and stage production workers who go either from or go with the production mm-hmm. or go stay with the theater. Um, and so th- I think that that's very interesting. And this is off the news this week, Taylor, of what? Yeah, the news that the WGA, the Writers Guild, have um, come to an agreement with the AAMTP, I think it's called, or something like that. Where, um, yeah, where they reached uh, an agreement, and apparently the WG, the Writers Guild, like loved everything that they were getting, and they, um, um, like got a uh, if you I don't know if you saw the list Rachel like the things that they uh, they were able to get within the agreement but it's all it's all good things is what yes. I'm trying to say yeah and but actors are still on strike but they're meeting as of today they're meeting mm-hmm. Monday September uh, October second um and so hopefully yeah to hopefully settle and I think it will I think it will go quickly because now that the WGA has signed their agreements. Um, I think the the SAG will happen very quickly because I think mm-hmm. studios and Hollywood and actors and production people and I've heard that it's even affect. I saw this news article that like it's affected like the dry cleaning industry and like things like that. You wouldn't even think about. It's affected these diff- all different types of industries around. So um, I think people are just eager to go get back to work and um, eager for things to change and get better and evolve and things like that. So very exciting. Lots of equity and union discussions that (laughs) hopefully we will be done with for a while. (laughs) But I think this goes back to the whole, you know, how will this impact Broadway? We've talked before about how we've seen a lot more celebrities talk Mm -hmm. about stage musicals and Mm -hmm. stage productions and be cast in them. Um, But I also think um, like a Hollywood celebrity, sorry, not just random celebrities. Um, No, no, Kim Kardashian off of her American Horror Store, she'll come to Broadway in Chicago, probably. Yeah. Um, But yeah, anyway, it's just very interesting to see how this will affect Broadway and um, stage management and stage companies Mm. at large. And I know that this is not something we've talked about on the podcast, but we've seen a lot of regional productions. We have heard a lot about regional productions struggling um, related to finances and struggling to staff people and just struggling a lot because there's not been a lot of like support um, Mm -hmm. on what professional production organization might look like um, outside of Broadway. And so I'm very curious to see how these conversations about unions, which is really just feeling like it's everywhere in our society right now, maybe even impact um, regional repertory theaters. So, Yeah. And you saw that thing that like Lynn and Oscar Eustace of the public theater, and they were all doing like a, maybe it was a fundraiser or like a, 
just a PR event about regional theater this past week. Um, I wish I should have researched more about it. it. Yeah. 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 So that was interesting just talking about. And have you seen the like meme going around of like saying that like Taylor Swift should go to more regional theater so that people can like, because apparently like football sales have gone up like 400% or something. And someone yeah. was like, um, go to regional theater, Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but oh, that's this. amazing. Yeah. So funny. Uh, well, on the heels of Taylor Swift, who maybe relates that no i'm just kidding no, uh, mean it. girls the music the movie musical <laughs> is now going to be it was going to be released just on paramount plus but now is going to theaters this january january 12th which i which means they've already filmed it which is crazy um, and my cat is next to the microphone but i was gonna say also, like, quicker than the Wicked turnaround here. Like, yeah. this is insane. I'm like, oh, well, wow, this is production. I mean, all you have to do is, like, a high school. And, like, Wicked has Listen. a lot. I just want I'm to just say. just saying. Like, we don't yeah. need to be old and gray by the time we I mean, let's look at Darren Hansen's quick turnaround was, you know, very fast. And that's and we how we got how the hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to see uh, Renee Rapp's hair in this movie. Um, <laughs> but also, January I love. 12... Yeah, just really did an interview recently where she was like, "I do want an egot." And honestly, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "I don't know." Yeah. I, I get where she's coming from, and I'm like, "You're not going to get an egot by saying you want an egot." I know, but I just like her affirming the fact that like she's open about wanting one. I feel True. like a lot of people are like, "Oh no, no," and you're yeah. like, "Of course yeah. you do." I True. would want one I too. I that. want one too, and I'm not yes, even in the Yes, we industry. want one. We want one for this podcast. We want a Grammy for this podcast. That's all we're saying. <laughs> That's all um, we're saying. I, I, in the same article, which we'll link in the show notes, didn't she say like uh, she's gonna write a musical one like someday? Yeah. Like I was yeah. like, yes, Queen, please. Yeah. Amazing. I do love watching her. She there's that video of her at her concert, like hugging a small child. And that was really cute. She's just, I, she is a lot, but she also yeah. seems like a genuine human. She's just not going to BS you. No. Well, she was like a real person before she got, like, she really, yeah. not that, I mean, everyone, <laughs> everyone was, was a real person, real but you know person. what I mean? You know what I mean? She was like, <laughs> I don't know. She wasn't like born in the industry. She like knew. Amazing. Yeah. January 12th is when this Mean Girls movie is coming out. I'm very excited. I'm just like, wow, that's so soon. Like, it's that's right around the corner. It's January 12th. We're going to have Wonka, um, which isn't a musical anymore. And we're going to have Mean Girls. <laughs> it's a play with music. <laughs> Wonka. Um, I just want Wonka to somehow transfer. Like, they announced, like, it's going to transfer to the stage. And Timothy Chalamet also goes to Broadway with it. That's all I want. My dreams. That's all yeah. I want. Uh, Rachel, hit him with this next casting announcement, which is so oh exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So finally, the Spamalot casting. Finally. Um, which I had heard that, uh, did you see the Spamalot um, Instagram page was like, I saw these comments that were like, we still haven't casted Lancelot. Like it was before the announcement and people were like, maybe they'll announce it. Like literally on the first performance, they'll just like have someone come out as Lancelot. That's what I heard. That's what they were going to do. That's what I heard. I I think, I wonder if these were going to leak. I don't know. Yes. Maybe they were going to leak. And also I think that they, I think that what they did to be honest is that they had cast one person and realized, Oh shoot, we have to figure out who's the, person who's going to go before them because there's a conflict right right all this to say finally we know who sir lancelot is and from mm-hmm. october 31st through january 7th sir lancelot is going to be taryn killiam 
How do you say his name? Kill him? Kill him? Kill him? Good. Gotta kill him with those Lancelot. You know. <laughs> He's gonna kill him. <laughs> from SNL Claim to Fame, also from Single Parents, or whatever that show on NBC was that got canceled. And also Hamilton. And he Hamilton. King George, yeah. I was getting yeah. there. Oh, okay, okay. And Hamilton. <laughs> I just, people might know him from the movies first. Or from the from SNL first. Um, not the movies. Yeah, SNL. So sure. I'm very excited. This is, once again, one of those moments of, would this be happening if the actors weren't on strike? I don't know. Right. But he's been on the stage before. This is really exciting. Um, and I think that we should now revive um, uh, Ham for Ham because of this. But whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not asking me. And then starting January 9th, uh, the one, the only, Alex Brightman to play mm-hmm. Sir Lancelot. Yeah, so okay, good. Okay, but guys, I need to remind you who else is in this cast. Let me just tell you very quickly. Um, you know, let's just think about the most important person in the cast, which would be Ethan Slater. Right. But also uh, Michael Murray and Leslie Rodriguez. Kreitzer and um, James Monroe, James Monroe. It, Heart, Heart, right. and Christopher Fitzgerald. So literally, so like just so many freaking mm-hmm. amazing, funny, hysterical people mm-hmm. in the show. And then you have both of these amazing Sir Lancelots. And I just yeah. don't know what we're gonna do. Like we're gonna pee our pants with laughter. Also, who? I guess they're both be eligible for Tonys, Taryn and Alex. I don't know. See? Like, what if Alex gets a nomination and not Taryn? That's interesting. Well, how long do you have to be in the show? I don't know. Weeks? Because because Jonathan Groff did eventually get a nomination. And Andrew and um, Brian, didn't they both come and play? Or maybe it was just Andrew while Jonathan Groff was off filming the Looking movie. So, I don't know. Crucial. It's a crucial yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see who's Tony eligible soon. Very exciting. I did see rumors that... Um, Sarah Ramirez who was in the original production was going to be cast as Lancelot and (laughs) who played Lady of the Lake in the original production and I I absolutely love that I was like oh man that's such great it's so good Mm -hmm. so maybe we'll get that one day I can't wait and now I really need to see Spamalot yeah like terribly yeah but with Alex Brightman I assume is who you want to see I would love to see Tarim, even though mm. I don't know how to say his name, because <laughs> I I was one of those people who 100% watched every single episode of Single Parents. Oh, wow. Is he good on it? I've never even heard he's of it. He's so cute. I mean, he's yeah. cute on SNL, too. I think he, mm. I find him funny and kind of endearing. He's like I mean, a listen. lesser talented Jonathan Groff. <laughs> I want people to say that about me. Yeah, Jonathan Groff yeah. is like the penultimate, so we can't. Right. Did you see that review of Marilee I sent you? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was unhinged. I will say I did watch the NBC sitcom that Josh Gad did after Book of Mormon, sixteen hundred pen. Did you watch that? Where he of course he I plays, did. He Every plays episode where he plays son. the president's yeah. son. Yeah. It's so good. It's it was so, so bad. good. I mean, it's oh, amazing, it. but it's terrible. Yeah. It's like Corey in the house. That's he's what it's like. so good at it. It's like yeah. Corey in the house. <laughs> 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 I've never thought about it like that, but it is like that. Yes, it's the NBC <laughs> equivalent of Corey and Nass. We also have videos of the Harmony new musical, Sarah, Sarah, uh, Sierra Bagus. I said Hello. Sierra Bagus and Julie Benko singing, and then the opening number, I believe. 
Also, I mean, um, let's just quickly, can we just quickly talk about that? And because I know last week we talked about harmony and the idea of mm-hmm. just what the way this people... musical on Broadway. Well, <laughs> is what I said. I mean, I just I felt like these the two, you know, these two wonderful actresses during the snippet that we saw of videos. I just don't feel like they blend well. I don't think that these two actresses was the right choice together but Julie i don't Benko know how much they sing just okay she was not i don't know i didn't really i don't know and you I have Sierra, who <laughs> is just like operatic like yeah. she's just very formal and so the two of them together just didn't it didn't read to me very well but you know they're just they're just working on it so mm-hmm. meanwhile mm-hmm. I have thoughts. Gatsby the musical. Is it is it called The Great Gatsby or are they calling it Gatsby? Because I've seen it both ways. I don't know. Because aren't there two okay. musicals? Yes, this is the thing. So Gatsby, which is premiering at Paper Mill Playhouse. Um, we got Featuring the one, of, the only, Jeremy yeah, Jordan. Featuring Jeremy Jordan, Eva Noblezada, Samantha Polly, amazing cast. Um, is is um, playing at Paper Mill. We got some previews of their rehearsal. Okay, the op- uh, here's my here's my initial thoughts is that I'm worried, I'm worried, Rachel okay. is Tell really. What are you worried? Is about? that this is this is the show before the uh, the other Great Gatsby which is written by um, Florence the Machine, the lead singer of Florence the Machine. I can't remember. I guess her name's Florence Florence Welsh. Isn't that her name? I think her name's Florence, yeah. Yeah. And I'm worried that this show is going to blow up because it, if it transfers to Broadway, it'll have Jeremy and Eva. But lyrically and musically, it is just fine. Like, I was like, okay, these songs are okay. They're not, like, amazing, but they're fine. But then the Great Gatsby of Florence the Machine written will come out, and it will be amazing lyrically and musically. But it won't be as talked about and as big because this one had already come out. Like, this is the first come, like, we got here first, look at us, rather than the one that may be better and comes out second. This is my, this is my, my worry. This is Smash. This is literally the musical <laughs> or the movie, the show. Mm-hmm. Gosh, why mm-hmm. is words hard? Smash. Yeah. Not and Jamie Jordan's in the both. Yeah. Smash, which is right. a whole different thing. Um, Or what is it? What are they calling it? Yeah, Smash. Yeah, Smash. Yeah. Okay. Um... I think I get what I'm saying. Yes. I hear what you're saying. And also like the too bad. It's a business. Right. Right. (laughs) Work harder. Uh, I I mean, we'll see how this production is like reviewed. But I really, I mean, Jeremy looks so good. I mean, I agree that he is not, this is not him singing. I don't know. Santa Fe. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Even Bonnie and Clyde. I think Bonnie and Clyde is like, amazing but i think i'm very curious to see what this looks like stage because then i saw we got to see some of the um choreography for like the Mm -hmm. party number Mm -hmm. and i think i think this is just a big show i think it's different Mm -hmm. i don't i think it's i don't know i'm very excited to see it i personally though taylor i think that it won't transfer to broadway unless there's a discussion about rights to the material because I think that a producer, I just can imagine a big producer who's like, I will fork over $1.4 million for your transfer to Broadway is going to want to have a legal agreement with the other musical. 
Because what they actually don't want to happen is that both get to Broadway. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, what if we have a season where both Great Gatsby's are playing? I don't think I don't think a producer would want that. Yeah. Now, Florence and the Machines might have enough money, you know, like she might have enough money herself to just be like, I'm producing it, so it doesn't matter. But right. I can imagine whoever might be producing this musical, moving it from the mm-hmm. Paper Mill Playhouse mm-hmm. to Broadway would right. be challenging could yeah. be challenging we'll see how it gets how if it's received well then it will transfer i think like if there's enough momentum then it will it will transfer but um yeah i'm curious i love how they just also took like every famous line in the book and then just turned it into a song <laughs> and then um the other thing to kind of tea that i have is that the same thing with the secret garden with julia lester the Instagram account for this Great Gatsby says "Beway, Great Gat or Great Gatsby," mm-hmm. like that they're or they're like we're gonna be on Broadway. Don't worry, we'll be there. So like, what? That's so interesting. Like, why not name it Paper Mill, Great or just Gatsby? I don't know. Taylor's like, stop, yes. stop manifesting. This is what I'm saying. I mean, I guess you want to manifest. I don't know. Um, we'll put speaking all this on Yeah, speaking of manifest pics of Jasmine Amy Rogers starring in Boop, the Betty Boop musical directed by Jerry Mitchell came out. Um, we also got some casting announcements about this as well. Playing in Chicago CIBC Theater, November nineteenth through December thirty first. This why is why is this happening? <laughs> Okay, here's my plug. If anyone who's listening to this happens to be connected to this musical, I want to go. I Mm. want you, I want to go. I want to be able to actually be able to say good or bad things based off of what it is actually on the stage versus what I feel it might be. Mm. Um, So that's my plug because I also I'm like what what is the purpose here but it could be like Spongebob the musical which is one of my favorites where people are like what is happening here and then you realize it has a great story the music was amazing and yes it's about a character who we are already knew and some people hated um, Mm. but that it was like actually a really good musical so could be that. We don't know. I mean, I'm kind of of, I don't know if Rachel agrees with this. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, um, but I'm kind of of the mm-hmm. mind that anything can be a musical. Anything, any idea, any book, any movie, anything can be a musical as long as it's written well. As long as it's like, there are bat, like Bat Boy is a musical, but it's not written well. Spider Man Turn Off the Dark is a musical. It's not very written, it's not written very well. I'm only naming superhero musicals, apparently. But the Drowsy um, Chaperone is a musical yeah. that every single high school does, and it's not necessarily you know, like, very well, good. Yeah. I mean, Music Man is a musical. <laughs> no, Music Man is is fine, but um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I think it's the writers of the Prom, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. so and the Prom is okay. I mean, it's I not the like Prom. Yeah, I it like was the so much better as a stage musical than a movie. Yeah, which one day we'll talk about. Yeah, my favorite yeah. musical of all time, <laughs> uh, Beautiful Noise. Same producer as Harmony, if I don't know if you knew that. But sad, this is sad. Will Swenson, mm-hmm. who's playing the main character, will be giving his final performance October Mr. 29th. Mr. Audrey McDonald. 
is really what we call it. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, like, what's he doing next, though? He's very I talented. Know. I mean, yeah. this was not necessarily my choice for him, but he's super talented. So I'm I'm intrigued, and uh, maybe this will drive some ticket sales because we got some news this well, week. Well, we already know the ticket sales have gone up, like, incredibly. So I know, but, yeah. I mean, maybe this will drive some additional ticket sales. True. I wonder who they're going to cast after him. That's what I wonder. Yeah. Well, we're going to find Brandon, out. I guess. <laughs> it might be someone in this next show that's closing. True. This this week we found out that Some Like It Hot announces its close date December 30th? 30th? 20th? Mm-hmm. 30th. Yeah, 30th. This is um, so surprising. Was this surprising oh, to you? You think it's surprising? Yeah. No, I didn't think it was surprising. I, w- I find it interesting that it, this does come off the heels of Jay Harrison G leaving or you know taking a leave of absence and right. I wonder if ticket sales have gone down since they have left a thousand percent so, yeah yeah once that announcement happened and then there was not enough in my mind PR about who was going to be there or right like, they uh, should have we should have had a celebrity yeah. replacement for they a should moment. have had Titus like or, or Billy Porter come that's in what I'm saying it. you yeah. should have had yeah. a celebrity replacement for the moment because Jay Harrison G was out because of a surgery or medical leave. And, and they said like, they'll be out for six weeks right. or whatever the thing was. So I don't know. Will they mm-hmm. do want some of their final performances? I don't know. Yeah. But I, that's not shocking to me one. And also post Tony's win, it wasn't shocking to me. They were not in the moment of, I, I think like other shows where it's like, Oh, we got to close immediately after the Tony's. But I could see how they were going to close by the end of the year and then, mm-hmm. you know, move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess I, every time a show announces, I'm just like, oh, that's wow. That's wild. Because we're also because we don't live in New York City. We're not in like we're in the know because we do this podcast. We read the news. We stay up. to We follow TikTok and Instagram like we do all the things. But like we're not there on a day. We're not there in the thick of it, in the trenches. So I guess every time a show closes, I'm like, wow, like it wasn't doing well. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And this will be no. a great plug for our uh, podcast uh, episode we're doing soon about the business yes, of Broadway. Exactly. Exactly. I am just hoping and praying that Shucked does not, is not the next one to announce that it's closing. Also, because I keep seeing these, I, I keep seeing so many ads for Shucked. It's like my Instagram's like, please just go see Shucked. But I keep saying the one ad that's like, we're in the same theater as Rent. Isn't that funny? Like, <laughs> I haven't seen like, that ad. is such a good, it's just a picture of the poster and it says we're in the same, <laughs> same theater as Rent. That's kind of funny, isn't it? So funny. That's so amazing. Good. Yeah. The All right, PR Rachel, what's team. our, so the PR team needs Tony. What's our last bit of buzz, which is, this is crazy. Because we, manif- we really manifested this last week. Yeah. Lastly, but certainly not least, Christina Aguilera, of all peoples, is and Blake going Shelton. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is going to produce a burlesque, a stage adaptation. Yeah. yeah. And this is coming off the heels of our uh, discussion about uh, Lauren Boebert being escorted out of Beetlejuice. And Rachel said, oh, burlesque would be a better musical to to." You know, so Lauren Boebert's prepared. Yeah. She's excited to give yeah. a over the she hands is... pants, uh, over the pants, hand <laughs> over the hands pants job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the cleaner exactly. version. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, I just this is very interesting and also yeah. like I makes just sense. Don't... Yeah. Sure. I don't know because of Moulin Rouge. I think like Moulin Rouge. That's like, what I was that, gonna like, say. Like burlesque is like, oh well, I guess we should make. But oh. do you think that Moulin Rouge is gonna have to close in order for this to open? No, no, they can both stay on Broadway. Okay, but then okay. because there's also Chicago, so there's like that's three, like Chicago. And then Cabaret's coming this spring, so then with um with Leah Michelle. Yeah, yeah, we're manifesting. Lots of manifestation this episode. <laughs> Oh man, oh yeah, it'll God. be interesting. I wonder. I again, Christina Aguilar producing Blake Shelton music and lyrics for Burlesque. That's what I want. It's uh, actually the voice. Also, I want Christina Aguilera to star in this, like yeah, she did in the movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Jennifer Lopez from Hustlers. I just do want this to be an aside of, I don't think some of these conversations would be happening without the writer strike or without the actor strike. The writer strike, that's no longer. But yeah, yeah. I do think You're some right. of this, right. yeah. But eventually, like every, eventually every movie is going to be turned into, like they're going to, like, because it is a business, they're like, well, what can we come up with? Of course, but I just think these big people who are like, I, we're going to produce this. Like, I, myself, who have starred in this part, is going to produce this now. It's, but is Christina Aguilera uh, being affected by the writer's strike? I mean, she's... I don't, she's a, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't... Th- I think it's the same momentum of, like, yeah. how do I angle myself here? Uh, another bomb that I'll uh, throw out this week, I have not seen the burlesque movie. So, because I was not allowed to watch it when I was little, and I just haven't watched it since. So, you get on another, it. Yeah, we need to do a Back to the Future burlesque double feature, is what. Oh, I forgot you haven't seen Back <laughs> to the Future. <sighs> yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that's our What's the Buzz for this week. So much buzz. So many things to talk Literally, about. Literally, so much. What do you guys think? To let us know. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe Alex Brightman and Taryn Killam will star in burlesque on Broadway. So. What I think is that uh, Christian Burrell is going to move to be in a replacement in spam lot maybe yeah yeah i i love when how ethan alex, slater gets canceled i love how alex <laughs> i love how alex brightman was so sought after that he like he was he's he he's just getting that paycheck he's like i'm right. in this play and now i'm gonna go through spam lot was he in it at the kennedy center alex brightman i don't remember yeah, I don't know either. All right. Well, now we move on to our main course, which I am dubbing a turkey leg this week, which are, with our fair food is our uh, funnel cake and turkey leg um, is our main course today because we're talking a Tony's Rewind. Yes, we are talking all things Tony Awards. It's been a hot minute since we've done one of these. So our Tony's Award Rewind is where we look back at a Tony Award show and we reflect, we do some introspection and say, hmm, did they get it right? Did the, the, the 1977, I almost said 97, yeah. 1977 Tony Awards voting committee, which was made up of what? Like, didn't they say like 36 members or something? Yes, so yeah. few. Yeah. They saw every show though. They, they made us, you know, they made mm. that point. Yeah. Uh, did they get it right? And Rachel, tell the good listeners what 
are the Tony Awards if they're just tuning in for the first time on episode 86 of this, yeah. of this podcast. Wow, welcome. <laughs> or if you just need a refresher about the Tony Awards because you True. you suppressed all the March Madness yep. and you can't handle Tony Awards anymore and our conversations yep. about Tony Awards. Yep. So the Tony Awards are what I would dub as the biggest uh, Broadway awards show um because obviously there are other broadway awards or Mm. regional eligibility but it celebrates all of the shows that have been on broadway for the season and then obviously some of them are eligible to be voted on to be nominated and then also to win an award correct and the awards and the award categories as we might talk about today have changed over the course of time But Mm -hmm. the awards were founded by theater producer and director Brock Pemberton and named after Antoinette or Tony Perry, an actress, producer, and theater director who was also the co-founder and the secretary of the American Theater Wing who hosts the Tony Awards. Mm -hmm. The first Tony Awards was held on April 6, 1947. Yes. And this is like our Super Bowl, basically. Yes. Um, This and the Oscars for me are like my Super Bowl. Um, but you know, we don't talk about the Oscars. This is the Oscars for That's me. Right. Yeah. This is my Oscars. True. Um, today we're talking about the 31st annual Tony Awards. It was broadcast on ABC, which is now it's CBS. So this was before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a sponsor. You're right. Um, this was televised on June 5th, 1977 at the Schubert Theater, which I do want to reference. Last week we talked about, Rachel, you said oh, that. I know. It was the original. I meant to text you. It yeah, wasn't there yeah, No, it was St. James. It was, yeah. Rachel said that it was at the St. James, but it was Yeah. Um, the host and performer presenters, which this was so weird. I just got to say. Because this was the uh, were, opener. Yeah, the hosts and performers presenters were Jack Albertson, Beatrice Arthur, Buddy Ebsen, Damon Evans, Gene Stapleton, and Leslie Uggams. Uggams? Uggams. Yeah. And um, everyone knows who they are now, and and they stand the test of time is really (laughs) what I mean, these are crazy people. I mean, obviously. Yes. There's some better than others is what I will say. Additional... Presenter performers Diana Ross, Alan Arkin, Valerie Harper, Barry Manilow, Robert, Robert Preston, Preston. Yeah. Tony Lily Randall, Tomlin. and Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin was a joy and a delight. Was so great. She's just been um, amazing throughout the history. Yeah. And then the musicals represented and the plays represented here are things such as Annie, Side by Side by Sondheim, Happy End, I Love My Wife, which we will talk about to no end. Um, the shadow box for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, otherwise engaged, streamers, and then um, we have Porgy and Bess, Guys and Dolls, The Cherry Orchard, The Three Penny Opera. Um, no no play revival, which is interesting. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Where's that? I mean, not, not nominated for Best Revival, but oh, I right. mean, they were represented. Right, right. that's true. Um, a very interesting Tony Awards. Um, the theme of the show was survival. <laughs> Honestly, which, I would not have gotten that. 
They said the word survival like a hundred times. It was like, take a shot every time they say survival. But I, I just didn't understand yes, that that was yeah. the theme. I just thought that they were, I yeah. mean, I was like, what was happening? You you should check my Google search history because I literally Googled what happened in 1977. Yes, I looked at this too. I was like, was there like a 9-11 event of, that I don't know about for some reason? Yeah. I was yeah. like, or, yeah, it was wild. I was like. What is going on? I guess. Well, that's. Because, I guess maybe, that's why I was like, I didn't understand that there was a theme. Right. The, we we've never watched a Tony in all in our two years of doing the show. We've never watched the Tony Awards that had a theme. Besides I don't think so. the musicals or the plays. Well, besides, but, I mean, there was that one where it was like not necessarily a theme, but like the some of the things were about like divas. Right. Remember. Yeah. And then so. the songs that each of the presenters and hosts performed were things like I'm Still Here, Before the Parade Passes By, Don't Rain on My Parade, which, oh, oh my goodness. September Song, You'll Never Walk Alone, Climb Every Mountain, Every which mountain? was a lot. That just happened right out of the blue. And I was like, wow, we're doing this and being alive. Um, yeah, this is, <laughs> it was just a lot. I don't know. This. I, I don't mean to show my cards too early, but this was maybe my least favorite Tonys that we've watched. I don't know. I how think you part feel. of that was just the way that one, the yes, way we've talked about it this, was yeah. filmed, like the yeah. way that we saw what was happening was on like obviously a VHS recorder and we didn't get everything. And some of it was just not amazing and it was really fuzzy. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that. Yeah. And then also, we'll link it in the show notes if you guys want to watch it. Some things were missing from that. It didn't feel very yeah. holistic. So I, I also yeah. think just the also award the show was dry. Yes. And I think the season was kind of like the, the biggest show of the night, which took a lot of awards was Annie. Yes. And I stand the test of time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, it also, it was kind of a boring season. Like, there really wasn't, it was kind of uninspired. There wasn't that much. Like, I, I think out of all these shows, Annie was obviously the best one. It got 10 nominations. It won seven. Um, I don't know. I think the biggest, like, jolt of the evening was Lily Tomlin doing her a monologue from her, her one one win show where she won a special Tony Award, which was amazing. She was so great. She was so great. And jokes that, like, are funny today. Like, they they still are funny. It's because she's just so incredible. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I would Grace say and this... Frankie fame. Of Grace and Frankie fame. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's right. I would say also um, this season, just reading what plays were able to be nominated, the plays mm-hmm. were just so stacked. Um, and and mm-hmm. I, yes, I, I do want to talk about the show that went home with the most awards because I think watching this and understanding that this was the first time people were seeing Annie was very, it was a lot more powerful than I had anticipated because I mm-hmm. have written it off as overrated, well. but seeing, sorry, but seeing it done, I was like, well, man, it does deserve all of these things. So yeah. Yeah. that was cool. Yeah, we but, have to put our, ourselves in the mindset of, like, this is the first year anyone has ever seen Annie. Yeah. And it's, like, basically one of the most produced regional productions, children production shows. Like, it's so overdone. Like, people yes. sing. People, like, Tomorrow is, like, a song that people do all the, like, it's so. so many people sing Tomorrow yeah. who never should, including myself. Right. <laughs> hey, I sing Maybe to my child every night. 
There you um, go. That's 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 the real banger of the show. People always disagree, you know, are like tomorrow, but maybe it's such a good song. Um I will the thing that I loved about the Annie stuff is that I know the I know the script. I performed the show in, in high school. I was in the show and I know the script very well. I know the jokes. Like the jokes are funny, but like the jokes hit so hard so for the show. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. People don't know the jokes. Like this is yeah. something that like I know the whole like you know, Lily St. Regis is a dumb hotel, whatever, like joke like and then easy street like all of that like that's just so like yeah okay we all know this already but like they they, they the audience there did not i mean i'm sure a lot of them had seen any but like it killed in the room like all those yes. jokes yeah. yes one thing i think well are we ready to talk about the performances i want to talk yeah, we briefly. can talk about yeah let's talk about the okay. performances Okay, well, first, actually, I want to talk briefly about the categories, because I feel this was, this is just something very interesting Mm -hmm. that we've talked about um, before. At a certain point, there was no differentiation between best of something, uh, whether it was a play, a musical revival, or a new music, or or a new show in anything. Um, And so we see that most notably i would say in most innovative production of a revival where you have two plays or yeah two plays and two musicals in one category Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy um and then you also see the same related uh, they do break out best performance by a featured actress and actor and leading actor Mm -hmm. and actor by play and musical and then best direction of a play and best direction of a musical but music and or lyrics written for the theater is one category. Best choreography, best scenic design, best costume design, best lighting. No differentiations mm-hmm. between those, which I find well, very hard. This is interesting because this is the first year that a best revival is introduced. This is, yes. I don't know if you knew this. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, because we did the Tony Awards before this and that wasn't yes. the case. We did, yeah. And um, um, it's interesting because I'm looking at the years even after this, like the next year a play wins, the next two years a play wins, and then um, uh, another play with music. So lots of plays win really up until 1986, which is when Sweet Charity wins. And then more plays are nominated it's interesting that we have plays and musicals nominated in the same category um which i think stops really being a thing yeah um up until like i don't know well 1993 was the last year that this this um format most innovative production of a revival was was uh, introduced and then it moves yeah. into revival of a play in a musical so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well i mean let's talk about the performances since we talked mm-hmm. about the categories yeah lots of lots to discuss let let's start with the uh, i mean what was your favorite performance let's start with that oh annie was my favorite yeah. performance <laughs> um i definitely have some critiques on this performance mm-hmm. like but part of that is also maybe the way that the microphone sounds and mm-hmm. what we're hearing. But it just feels like when you stick a bunch of girls 
on stage or a bunch of children on stage immediately and tell them to sing loud. It just sounds like they're screaming sometimes. Yeah. And um, never fully dressed without a smile. I was like, can we, we just need some dynamics here. Mm-hmm. But also it was the very first time that I realized, oh, wow, this show is actually really good. Like, I know that I knew that it's as a so kid. good. I, I love know, Annie. I, oh. I knew that I knew that as a kid, but you're right. Like I've just, you, it's just the thing that you hear and see and have done mm-hmm. and you forget that it started somewhere. And obviously I love the movie version of Annie. Yes. Um, the 1996. Alan Cumming was my specific. sexual awakening right. Right. rooster. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's so good. Like I, I know that I know all of the, the moments of the mm-hmm. show, but to watch it. musical version, excuse me. To watch it and then realize that people are people who are in this audience maybe haven't seen this show yet, but I've heard mm-hmm. about it. And to think about a lot of children on stage, to think about just the storyline, to think about this being the first time people are hearing some of the big numbers that literally will never not be a part of some child's or some person's repertoire. And then Easy Street, yeah. Forever and Always, my favorite song from the musical. Yeah. And they did so well and this was the first time where i was like oh yeah the choreography of this originally like how all of these choices that people continue to make Mm -hmm. even though it's maybe not the same context made so much sense in the 1977 version context of like that's why we're making that choice Mm -hmm. that's oh this makes sense i don't know why we keep making the same choices in 2023 but whatever but like it just like made so much more sense you really? know what has evolved is the dog. The dog has a like the dog like has Sandy. Evolved. Sandy used to be like a mud. Now like she's a hypoallergenic dog. Yeah, now she's a now she's a, a golden like, doodle. Like a that's the thing. Doodle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love so, that. <laughs> I was thinking. Glad there's that. been evolution yeah. on Sandy's True. part. Yeah. And I will say, like Annie herself has evolved a little bit as far as some of the choices. Like there, there are there is more representation that Annie right now is african-american who's playing on the tour so that's exciting um to get some of that representation yeah annie did uh because we didn't mention it i don't think we did they did do a um what's it called why is my brain not working a um they did so many songs. mashup is that what it's called well but it wasn't even a mashup it was like literally snippets of three or three different songs and a reprise of tomorrow Mm -hmm. it was they had so much time. Yeah. That's what I was watching this. I was like, this is like eight minutes long. At yeah. Least. It was like almost the whole Tony Awards. So Annie started with Daddy yeah. Warbucks being mm. the narrator, which was interesting just yeah. for this moment. And then Annie sang Tomorrow by herself. And then they sang You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile. And then they sang Easy Street. And then yeah. they all sang Tomorrow. Yeah. This is what I wanted to say, though, is that I love the way they transition, Daddy Warbucks transitioned into each. Like, this is how you do a mashup, is yes. they come in and they say, they do. They tell us. Yes, they tell us what each song is. They set up each one. And I feel like musicals now that do, like, you know, performances, they do multiple. Chuck. <laughs> At even um, New York, New York, um, they come in oh. and they do different multiple songs from the show and sometimes we it just no doesn't feel idea cohesive. what's happening yeah it yeah because we have no idea yeah because shocked really should have just done independently owned they i should know. have just done that yeah or the just the beginning but, song but whatever right, right. Mm-hmm. but um i really liked that the any performance i i just gotta talk the the happy end 
and the I Love My Wife performance, I legitimately was like, what the heck is going on? I don't know what is happening. Happy End, it's called the Billabo song. I literally was like, are they they talking? No, no, that's I Love My Wife. Oh, I Love My Wife. Happy End is... And I literally was like, are they talking gibberish? Like, what are they saying? I guess that's the point of the song. This is a show, Happy End. It ran for 75 performances, so very popular. Um, it's apparently uh, the the story is reminiscent of, but not the source of, the better-known musical Guys and Dolls, which is so funny because that's also one of the that's revivals. Yes, this season. Um, interestingly enough, this original production starred Christopher Lloyd, Grayson Hall, but also Meryl Streep was in this original <laughs> production, so which is so wild. It's maybe probably one of the first things she did. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, it's so but, crazy. Um, yeah, that's wild. That just that performance was just I don't even know what was going on. And then I love my wife. This musical about basically a foursome, a a. a uh, not a swapple, but a, trying to be swingers. Yeah, yeah. They're, so two couples trying to be swingers. Yeah, and well, aren't they all just trying to be get with each other? Like they're all trying yeah, to basically. They're swingers, so like they themselves are couples. Taylor, do we need to tell you what swingers are? Yes, I think you do need to tell me what a swinger is. Yeah. For the audience and Taylor. Yeah. yeah. No, normally, not for me. Yeah. Normally they are a couple, not always. Right. But this is pre this is pre conversation about ethical non monogamy, okay? But to right. be fair, so people who are swingers normally are a couple, and then they are interested in having sexual relationships with another with the, couple. With another couple, yes. Like yes. So that are already in a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Normally heterosexual monogamy related to this. Right. So it's like right. normally four people two men and two women and they're interested in swinging which means like you know like a reshuffle swinging right. one way the, yeah. to the other uh uh uno shuffle attack uno, or the shuffle so, the jaja yeah. slide one mm-hmm. or the other right mm-hmm. it really should have been called swingers then <laughs> i agree yeah a much better title it says here a satire of the sexual revolution of the 1970s where two married couples who have been close friends since high school find themselves contemplating a menage at at courtois yes um which yeah yeah which and and the, the song that yeah i wonder how much they go for it in the musical that's what i'm probably wondering. not too much but yeah I don't well know, maybe. i think we saw the final I don't song no because we saw them in bed together in so. bed with no clothes on and they all the looked very movie. happy singing their song and uh, i don't know how happy they actually were but one of the performers <laughs> won a tony um okay. the best performance by um where is it didn't he win oh yeah there we go best performance by a leading or featured actor in a musical lenny baker won um, which his speech was not very good. Yeah. But the, I was just like, what is this show? It's so weird, like so 1970. And I, I was just like, this is crazy. Um, apparently there was a production stage in 2008 though with uh, Jason Alexander, uh, which is, and Leah Thompson, which is fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York Times called it in the 70s uh, uh, it is a gorgeous cast just right um, and he called it mildly sexy vastly diverting and highly amusing I just find it interesting too because 
<laughs> they walked away with best direction of a musical. Yeah, I know. I saw like why didn't it, it didn't go to Annie, which is interesting. Well, I mean, clearly it was somewhat of a good musical, I guess. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Gotta listen to it's it more. It's just a wild, wild show. I'm just like, wow. How have I never heard of this? My, I think that my, was my question. I'm learning, How have I never heard of this? Yeah, I'm learning about swingers. It's my first time. I feel, <laughs> well, I feel very, I know. I feel very, um, you know, I'm learning a lot is really what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Taylor's learning a lot. Yeah. And then we also have... I would say maybe the strange, like, I wonder how this would be categorized now, side by side by Sondheim, which is basically just like a review. It's basically Sondheim being like, let's show off all my work. <laughs> and this is pre it's some so of his weird. most famous work, too. It's mm-hmm. pre Into the Woods. It's pre Sweeney Todd, right? Sweeney Todd has not happened. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. what is it? It's a funny thing that happened on the way to the forum. Mm-hmm. Um, a little night music company. Evening yeah. Primrose, Follies. West Side Story, any, Anyone Can Whistle, Do I Hear a Waltz, and Gypsy, which is very popular. Mm-hmm. But, and Company. Did you say it's Company? Weird. Yeah, it's yeah. Not Company. Yeah. It's so strange. And I just wonder, like, would that be considered a best musical now? Because it's it's just songs from other shows put into a musical. Like, it's so weird. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I like, also it found it weird. I it mean, I love it. Get, I love the it, music. Yeah, it didn't get a best score nomination, which makes sense because it's because it's already been it. Yes, There's only like one of those songs that has been dropped from another musical. That's like, what I'm. That's why I'm curious. It got new musical. Like it's so weird because it is, I guess, a new musical. Like technically, I know, and it ran a long. It ran a long time. Like it ran 806 performances. That is I don't, crazy. What is the storyline? Do we know? Like the actual storyline, if there is one. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Say. It's it's all of it tied together by a narrator. He explains what show the songs are from, and in some cases provides background on why a song was written. He also notes comparing and contrasting Sondheim themes for the audience. Strange. I don't know. Okay. Very strange. The one well, thing I do want to say too is that it's not this show is nominated for best original score. We have Happy End, we have I Love My Wife, we have Annie, which ended up taking the Tony Award. But then we also have a show that was not nominated for best musical, which is Godspell. The I was gonna Schwartz. say this. Yeah. 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 First of all, Godspell though should have had some more love and attention. That at the time. Yeah. <laughs> At the time and also now. Mm-hmm. I love this music. True. I love I do love Godspell. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. I'm I know. Yeah. I find I find you know, we are we always talk about this. I find it interesting, just similar to how di- best direction of a play. We have American Buffalo, comedians and streamers, and not all of those, only two out of the four direction mm-hmm. of a play best direction of a play are in the best play category mm-hmm. it's you know that's how i feel yeah. i'm like uh, uh, i don't understand cannot compute because yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One rebooting thing rebooting yeah. yeah that's it mm-hmm. one thing i did find interesting and thought surely we could have made a different choice here is best performance by a leading actress in a musical so we have the actress dorothy loudon who plays uh, Miss Hannigan, we have Clama Dale, Dale, I don't know why I said mm-hmm. the last name weirdly, as Bess from Porgy and Bess. 
Ernstine Jackson from Guys and Dolls as Sarah Brown, and then Andrea McArdle as Annie in Annie. Love it. But I just feel like we could have maybe moved one of these Annie characters to best featured actress in a musical. Meaning Miss Hannigan should have been moved is what you're saying. Cause Annie is the lead star. So she is a leading actor. So that's my thought is Miss Hannigan should have been moved. And then I think that Andrea McArdle mm-hmm. would have walked away with her, right. her Tony award. Okay. Here's the one thing about Andrea McArdle is Annie. Isn't Annie supposed to be like 10 or nine? Didn't she look like 14? <laughs> How old was she, do you think, when she played Annie? So this is 1977, and she was born in... in... I don't know. I'm looking. There's no date for her birth. Hold on. Let's see. Surely there's somewhere. 59. So she was born in 63. She was 14. This is what I'm saying. Right. This she is doesn't so look crazy. that old, though. I don't know. I was. Just, I just always thought Annie... Like, what age do you think Annie's supposed to... I guess she's supposed to be, like, 12 or 13. Like is she supposed I to be one of the Annie's older supposed orphans? Supposed to be five or five? How old is Annie supposed to be? <laughs> five. I never thought she was supposed to be that young. That is too how young. How old is Annie? She's sp- <laughs> how old is little orphan Annie? <laughs> I never. Th- eleven. I never th- She's supposed 11. to be eleven. Okay, see that tracks. That's like somewhere in the middle. But fourteen, I okay. feel like a fourteen-year-old passing for an eleven-year-old. That's kind of strange. I mean, it makes sense. I don't think a 14-year-old could pass for a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, it doesn't matter because she's supposed to be a child. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know. I feel like it was just strange. It was just like, I always thought Amy was supposed to be younger. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. She got her Tony um, nomination. So. What I find interesting is that uh, I did look up a fun fact that Andrea McArdle only came in after they fired the first Annie because they they casted someone who was too sweet to play the role. What? Too right, sweet. Let me read it. Let me read it to you. It's oh so my crazy. gosh! Hold I love on, this. Let me read this. So, okay. So Kristen Vigard was the first actress to play the title role Annie. However, the producer soon decided that Vigard's genuinely sweet interpretation was not tough enough for the street-smart orphan. After a week of performances in the pre-Broadway tryout in August 10, uh, in August 1976, Vigard was replaced by Andrea McArdle, who was <laughs> playing one of the other orphans. She was playing Pepper, my favorite. Oh my gosh! Wow. And then Vigard, and Pepper does have to have some some pepper yes. in her. So. And and Vigard went on to become McArdle's Broadway alternate. Isn't that terrible? That is horrible. Can so you think how you're feeling about when you're 12? Yeah, yeah but she, yeah. but still, you were like going to be the lead in a Broadway mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and then you got moved because you're a sweet person. Like That's I don't wild. know, if Kristen's yeah. okay anymore, yeah. but I would not mm-hmm. be okay. I would have been unwell. Yeah. And also, no, let us not forget Sarah SJP. Sarah That's Jessica Parker. Parker goes on to play um, the title role as well. Yes. So wild. And it played, it played, let's just quickly mention Annie. It played until January 2nd, 1983, after 2,377 performances. setting Huge hit, huge hit for Broadway. Setting a record for the longest show at what is now the Neil Simon Theater until Harris-Ray surpassed it in 2009. Also, I was thinking, because they talked about this in the telecast, like how, like, this is a show theoretically made for children. Like, it has children in it. 
you could take like you can't take your kids to go see Porgy and Bass, but you can take your kids to go see Annie right. or I Love My Wife. I guess you can't take your kids to see you that. Can't take them to see that. But, Probably uh, can't take see... them to see Guys and Dolls either. Yeah. So this is, and I was thinking like this is pre, very pre Disney on Broadway. Like this yes. is ten. Yeah. This is what I was saying. This is why years. it makes sense. Yeah. This is why it makes sense yeah. that it, yeah, it has done so well mm-hmm. because or was doing so well, and has mm-hmm. done so well. I mean, one thing I was thinking about while watching this version of the Tony Mm -hmm. Awards performances I can imagine because I as we know I've always wanted to play an Annie on Broadway um as Pepper or Annie uh, or Annie and I've I've always wanted to be Rooster or Molly the youngest so Yeah. yeah but I can imagine sitting there watching this show with my parents Mm-hmm. And just wanting so badly to make musical theater my life. Like, I can just imagine mm-hmm. it as in, in 1977. Like, I, that you just are like, it's possible for me as a 14-year-old finally to be able to get there and do this and whatever. And, I, I mean, we talk a lot about how representation matters and it matters in a lot of other diversity ways that clearly were not present in 1977 um, and that we're still working on making sure are visible in 2023. But I will say it does, I mean, r- representation is really important. Yeah. And this idea that kids can be on Broadway and that kids can go and see a Broadway show and talk to their parents about live theater is mm-hmm. something that just w- wasn't always accessible and now in more ways it is and is very important. And so Annie did that. True. And uh, the most important is that Andrew McArdle went on to play another important Annie in 1985. Um, Annie Oakley and Annie Get Your Gun, which is so, she played so many different Annie. She played Annie Oakley again in 2002 and 2006. She call her Annie. I know her name. She should change her name really to Annie McArdle. And then, um, and what's so great in the 1999 movie, she played um, the star to be in the in the uh, TV Disney movie, which was that's such that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, the whole again, the whole vibe I got from this Tony Awards is that, that they were like, this is like we're survive. Like this has been a hard season. We're survive. It's basically the vibe of the musical of the Tony. Excuse me, of the Tony Awards is. Annie is the story of Annie of Annie surviving through like we were survivors like yeah we're surviving you know I don't know well I will say my favorite non-musical like musical representation performance was 100% Robert Preston singing before the parade passes by wasn't that him who sang that I guess it was yeah I don't know I was just I the other thing you I did was Lily talk, Tomlin, obviously. But yeah, Lily Tomlin was my other favorite. But they also represented showed clips from the National Theater for the Deaf, um, yes. which was very a very interesting performance, and I I uh, thought that was cool. They they were representing um, again just for the time 1977. Like I thought that was really cool that they were representing a different um, minority group as well. I thought that was really cool. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the la- I, Unless you have anything else, I mean, I, I do want to just shout out Dorothy Loudon's um, for winning the Tony for yes. as Miss Hannigan. Her acceptance speech was amazing and so great and very And iconic. I think that was, and it was that moment while watching her play Miss Hannigan and the choices she was making where I was like, this mm-hmm. is why we do this. 
Right. But it made so much more sense. I want to just go back and reiterate for her to make those choices than for us to continue to make them. Um, But she's, I mean, just, it was unparalleled. It was amazing. She opened her mouth and I was like, how are you singing like this? Yeah. Yeah. And the way she like moved the physicality of it was so interesting. And although I will say the guy playing rooster looked like um, Popeye and I was very, I was very curious. Yeah. Yeah. With the mustache. He just looked very slimy on purpose. It was a choice. I feel, I love how Alan Cumming turned it into this like slot, like slick, like guy that bought like, nice clothes at a thrift store and then but he actually is like wanting to be like trying to be cool and then this per this guy is like i just want i'm a sailor i guess i don't know i was very confused i'm a sailor Uh, oh it's so good so go go and watch this tony awards you know it's very interesting we'll link it in the show notes um Lots to, you know, I'm very happy Annie has stood the test of time because it's a, yes. it's a really fun show. I agree. And also this, watching this performance made me remember. Yeah. But I really. So good. Yeah. See, yeah. this is why I always wanted to be an Annie yeah. on Broadway. <laughs> well, thank you, Rachel. On that note, <laughs> thank, thank you, you for having, the, doing this Tony Rewind with me. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel, let's talk about our character of the week. Let's do it. My cheerleading time. Uh, If you're new here or you always skip the end of the episode, uh, welcome to the end of the episode where Taylor and Mm -hmm. I think about what we've been up to this week. What have we been feeling? What are our vibes? And then we literally scour the theater universe and wrap Mm -hmm. our brains for some theater character who has similar thoughts, feelings, vibes, or associations. That's right. And we look through our playbills. We Google. We Bing. We do all the things. We Bing. Uh, <laughs> could it be any more of a search engine? Uh, that's that's all I'm going to say. I stole that joke. I just want to just wanna put that out there. Um, Does we Bing would also, still exist? Yes, Bing still exists, I think. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll Bing it. There it is. Right there. I'm looking at it. Um, we would also love to hear your thoughts on all the buzz that we talked about, Lancelot, casting, Gadsby, all the things. Um, also your, the notebook, notebook, uh, absolutely. Um, the, your thoughts on the 1977 Tony Awards and your characters of the week. So tell us all your thoughts uh, on all of that and your who your character is this week and you may get a shout out on a future episode rachel would you like to know my character this week absolutely who are you this week taylor so this week i am just because you know i have a, a newborn and things are happening and uh lots of things are happening no sleep is happening that's what's happening mm-hmm. but no uh, yeah no sleep forever um Wow, help. <laughs> um, I am, pro- you know, this is a big life event happening. So a lot of my characters have to do with this. But as I've said before, I've been singing to my son every night a lot. And uh, my wife sings her like songs that her mother sang to her. And mm-hmm. then I sing musical theater songs. That's what I do. Obviously. Right. 
Yeah. And I'm this character because this character also sang this song to uh, another character in the show. And uh, that's uh, Not While I'm Around. And I'm Toby, Tobias Rag from Sweeney Todd because oh my sings, gosh. you know, uh, nothing's going to harm you. Not While I'm Around to Mrs. Lovett. And it's, it's just so, so sweet. And that's oh, what that's what I'm singing to my little baby as well. Oh, that's so good. Have mm-hmm. we talked? We haven't talked about the new Sweeney Todd full. No, album. we have not. The 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 album that they dropped, like it's a pop album. They dropped a single like every week, and then they I were know. like, "Bam, here's the whole Sweeney Todd." Yes, I've been listening to Gaten Maserata, Maserati, whatever his name is. Yeah, and then I mess up every time. The true star um, of the show. Yeah, and his "Not While I'm Around" is amazing. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Oh, he's so good. So good. Yes. So I channel him while I'm singing it to my baby. Oh, that's sweet. Rachel, who is your character this week? In a different tone, my character (laughs) this week. I've been feeling very uh, cynical, very satirical. (laughs) Like, come on in, let me show you how the craziness is. Yeah, lots of lots of feeling like in her guts era, you may say. It might, yeah. If if you might, you might. One might say in my spooky season emo mm. angry era. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just Orange a girly, <laughs> just a girly trying to live her life. Um, but anyway, there is another character <laughs> who is cynical, but he is somewhat productive because, or they are somewhat productive because they tell you the story and they mm. let you decide if they're in the right or wrong. And they kind of lead you through everything um, with a sinister, cynical oh, flair. Bless. Although some people don't see it that way, but that's hundred percent my reading of this character. And we believe that maybe this character is going to be um, on stage with Leah Michelle. And that's the MC <laughs> from Cabaret. I love this. I knew you were going to be some sort of narrator when you were talking. I was like, oh, it's some sort of narrator. And yeah. channeling your sexual awakening, Alan Cumming. So. True. Uh, yeah. Who is in Annie? Boy. Yeah. Uh, all of this comes back to Annie. And also Floop, yeah. in case you're wondering. He oh, Spy Kids, Kids the Musical. When is it happening? Call up Alan. <laughs> With Alan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Alan Cumming and Christian Chenoweth in a Spy Kids musical. <laughs> And there's an easy street reprise under town. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Uh, Well, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion this week, check us out at theaternerpod.com or you can also join us, uh, find us and join us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week.